Hey, this is Scott. Thanks for checking out the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church. Hope it's encouraging for you and helps you take your next steps in your faith journey. Enjoy. I hope that these words fill you up and encourage you. I hope that, um, you know, because you need it every once in a while, right? It's good to stop and remember. It's good to count your blessings, name them one by one. But I also hope that it stirs within you, hey, what we're doing here is significant and the investment that you make in this local body has reverberations that go throughout time. How do I know that's true? Well, I'm here because of people that invested in me when I was in, ministry, like in children's ministry and high school beyond that. Dane, you're in ministry because people invested in you right? And uh, what you do reverberates throughout all time, and that's such a significant thing. This weekend, real quick, I want to talk about a principle that you'll hear us discuss often here. It becomes a guiding principle for us. And it uh, showed up in Jesus' teaching when someone followed after Jesus and maybe heard Jesus talk about what it means to love your neighbor and how to control your tongue and forgive people and And Jesus would talk about the kingdom of God and what it's like. And so it's like this guy was following around Jesus and then just says, okay, wait, time's Jesus. I'm I'm with you and I'm tracking, but would you you help me because I'm hearing what you're saying, but I also grew up hearing about the laws of Moses and the Torah and I memorized all of that. Can you pull all of that together and make it make sense for me? Like, how do I understand what God wants from me? And Jesus said this in Matthew 22. This is something that you know well. He he said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Be devoted to him. Have a fondness, have a yearning for God. Have a a, a deep um, devotion to him. He says this is the first and greatest commandment, but we all use the word love like I love ice cream. Is that what he means? No, we know that. We know that there's a different kind of love that he's talking about here. There's not the love between brothers. It's not the love between a man and a woman. It's an agape love. And I I read a definition of of that word that actually really helped me this week. To agape love someone is to have a regard for their best interest or to have a regard for someone's interest just in general. So if I have a regard for someone, I'm going to, It's not just about this like mushy feeling that I may have, it's there, but I'm going to care about what is good for them and what they're interested in. This uh, last week, I received a text message from someone that loves me very, very much, and uh, they sent me a text message from a gas station because what they had found out was that Sheets carries pineapple soft serve ice cream. It's called Dole Whip. It is, it is my favorite dessert in the whole wide world. If I was to have like a dying meal, it would be pineapple soft serve Dole Whip. And they sent me a picture of it. No, it's awesome. And the only place that I could get it was in Disney World, outside, outside of Pirates of the Caribbean. And every time I go, I'm like, how often am I at Disney? So I'm going to buy three, right? And they're like $10 a piece, but I don't care because it's the only place I can buy them. However, however, someone told me that it's also available in Ocean City, Maryland at Dumpster's Dairyland, a game changer. I'm there more often, so I would buy more then. But what are, it's at Sheets. Now, it's not at our Sheets, but it's at the Sheets in Frederick. I don't care. And get this, 
for a dollar, a dollar. You can put as much of it as you want in one of the little paper cups, like a Froyo-like thing. <laughs> like, God is good. I was so excited. Like, I seriously, and, and you know, here's the thing. These people, I know they loved me very, very much because they thought about what I'm interested in. I don't want to stretch that too far necessarily, but they cared about me and they said, I know you really, you really, you're fond of this. How much would they have to be twisted if they said, hey, I know that he really loves this. I'm not going to tell him that it's there. <laughs> like, you laugh because honestly, it's like, that's, why would anyone, why would anyone do that? And I think that's why Jesus then stepped into saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the first and greatest commandment. And if you do that, if you're concerned about what drives the heart of God, what is his dole whip? What is his pineapple soft serve? What is that for him? And that moved Jesus to, to bring together the second part of this conversation. This is what he said. The second is just like it. Love your neighbor just like you love yourself. The same kind of regard that you give for yourself, give that regard for your neighbor as well. Because your neighbor is God's dole whip. Your neighbor and your kids and this community is what delights the heart of God. That, that he would say, I will drive to Ocean City, Maryland <laughs> to have some of that. And when I find it, I'm just going to gobble it up. I'm all about this. That's, that's, that's what Jesus was telling us is the heart and the mind of God. He says, I'm going to summarize it for you. Love God and love others. You cannot separate them. You can't separate them. And so this is how then it kind of flowed out of Jesus' ministry as he takes the heart and the mind of God and walks along his disciples and he's now communicating what is the kingdom of God look like. This is what, what happens in Matthew chapter nine. It says, Jesus went throughout all of the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues. He, he's, he's going after the Dole Whip. He knows it's out there, okay? Teaching, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. You want to know what, what God is about? God loves you, and he wants you to be close to him, and he's, he's Yahweh, but he's not just Yahweh. He's, he's Father God, and, and you need to know the heart and the mind of God. I'm going to tell you about the kingdom, and he heals the d diseases and the sicknesses. He's loving other people as well. All, and then it says this, when he sold the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless. And he looks at people in his community. He looks at people maybe that used to be his neighbor. He looks at people that might not always like him. And he, he didn't sit there and be like, man, you're a part of the world and you're the enemy and you vote a different politically. So I'm against you and you're going to know how against you I am. No, 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 no. That's not what he did. He looked at them and he had compassion on them. He saw them as people that were harassed, that the enemy, that the ways of the world, that deception, that sin was just wearing them down and they were helpless. They couldn't even help themselves. They would try and try and chase after things and they were helpless and so his heart was stirred to compassion. And this is amazing. This is amazing to me. 
I would think that Jesus would say, it's okay, I'm the son of God, I can live forever if I want to, I'll just keep doing the rounds and, and I'll, I'll tackle this thing on my own. Make up my itinerary, I can last a long time, here we go, I got some really great tricks in my sleeve to listen to me, I'm very convincing, I'm very charismatic, everyone will love me. It's not what he did. When Jesus wanted to change the world, what did he do? What was the very next thing he did? This is what it says. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus' master plan of evangelism was not his traveling circuit. His master plan of evangelism was his 12 disciples that he then went on to commission and to call into ministry. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What is God's dole whip? It's the people. It's your neighbors. It's you and me and those people that he loves. That's what motivates him. As I thought about this weekend and what it meant to celebrate a fourth birthday party, I don't know how long we'll do this. You know, we're going to be doing this when we're 23 years old. I don't know. Lori shakes her head. Yes, it's fun. It's good. Let's keep doing it. Sure. All right. All in favor? Um, as I thought about it, though, I thought, thought about a conversation I had with someone who had a... Um, an organization they're a part of and they wanted to see a project move forward but someone kind of poo-pooed it and they were very discouraged about that and so I was talking with them and I said, what you need to do is you need to, discern, you need to decide and be able to communicate why your project is so important. Why is it needed? What is it gonna accomplish? If it's successful, why is your organization better as a result of it? You need to figure out why and, and I actually said, that's a great question to ask when you're planting a church. Why is, why is the well needed in Towson, Maryland? Why is Grace Fellowship Church needed in Brunswick? Why this church? And the best answer I can come up with is because the people around us is God's dole whip. And it lights him up and he cares about it. And he says, I've got to have that. Here's, here's what we have to believe, that the church is the hope of the world. And this is how God chooses to reach people for him. And if you know anything about the church, and even about those disciples, we're a hot mess, yo. We are broken, we are hypocrites, we are messed up, and that's what amazes me about the church of the living God. That he would use someone broken and deceptive and evil like me. And that he would use the divorced and the abused and the discarded to build his kingdom. It's amazing. It's amazing. When Jesus was faced with the hurting world, his response was, send the disciples, and they're gonna do the work. I'm gonna say something that I want you to just think about this weekend, and you can tell me that I'm wrong, and we can talk about it, that's okay, but if, if, if what I just said was true about how Jesus understood the heart and the mind of God, then this is true, that the church doesn't exist for the church. The church exists for the world. The church doesn't exist for the church. So here's what that means. It means that what we should be about is never about closing the doors. 
and keeping people away. It means that it should never be about, hey, we're comfortable. This is the kind of music I like. It should always be about what helps us please God the most. As we, as we celebrate our fourth anniversary, I consider why is our church needed? Because God loves the people of Brunswick and it's why we're committed to being somewhere where we can see people at the grocery store. It's one of our guiding principles. It, it, it's important to us. Now the past few years haven't been easy and yet we've been growing and that's, I don't think, insignificant at all. But there are some strategic steps that need to occur in order for our church to move forward to seek after our community. As some of you might know, we've been having conversations with the Virginia Coach Building. It's on Maple Avenue behind PNC. It's an old car dealership and they maintenance buses in the back. Some of you, uh, we're, we're looking into that as a property that we can lease to hold our services. And some of you might ask the question, well, why? We've got a nice spot here. We've got the room that we need. The kids are downstairs. Aren't we comfortable in this space? And in some ways, that's very true. But in some major ways, it's not true. There are three main reasons why, um, why this is not conducive for us here. The first is that we're not, we don't have the ability to be on a Sunday morning. For whatever reason, Sunday mornings are a, critic, are a, 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 um, a, a strategic time for the church to meet and to be able to grow into the future. I know that for two reasons. Because when, because when you look at any other church, if they have multiple church services, maybe they've got one or two on a Sunday morning and one on Saturday night. The one on Saturday night is always the least attended. It's where there's the most amount of birthday parties and social engagements and just conflicts for people to be able to engage with that. It's just weird expectations, whether you're churched or unchurched, that's true. And secondly, when we started as a church plant, we met on a Saturday night. We were a Bible study. And, as, and when we kind of outgrew that, the moment we moved to a Sunday morning, we grew 20, 25% the first week. There's something cultural about a Sunday morning. So our first priority is to be able to meet on a Sunday morning. And while we've seen some growth in the last year, I, I don't believe that our, our potential is being aided by meeting on a Saturday night. I think it's actually hurting us. A another reason why this space is not helping us grow is because we don't have access to dedicated signage. When we were at Railroad Days in October, we have 55 contacts of people that we had communication with at the booth. And it always went like this. Oh, I didn't know your church was here. Where do you meet? Well, we're at the corner of, what are we at? Like Burkittsville and Petersville Road. or whatever. We're at the light, uh, but we're not Faith Assembly. We're not in the main building. We're in the other building. And we don't meet on Sunday morning. We meet on Saturday night. And you won't see a sign up, but we'll have a tent out there. By that point, their eyes had glazed over there and like, I can't, I can't find where you are. And even as we've grown, I've talked to so many people who are like, you know, I, was, I found your church online. <laughs> I couldn't find the building. Like, I, I was confused. We drove by and it was another church. There were people shaking their heads because that was their experience. It's an obstacle for us. People find us online and they're confused and then they don't return. Listen, new families don't need multiple reasons to not come back. One will do just fine. 
So while this place is uncomfortable for us, uh, while this place is comfortable for us, it's, it's a barrier for us to be able to reach our community. Now, I want to say, I am so grateful. God has provided. I mean, y'all, when the world shut down, we're like, where are we going to meet? It was the coolest thing because I had months before I had met with the pastor here at Faith Assembly, and I just want to, like, if you see them, high five them, thank them, don't hug them. That'd be weird right now with the pandemic thing. But, like, they're awesome. And, and he showed me around. He said, hey, if you ever need to let your students play basketball, you can use this space. Two months later, I'm like, hey, hey, can we meet in here? Like, it was amazing that God provided for this. But when we think strategically about the future, Sunday morning is our first thing. And then the last reason why this is not as conducive for us is that we don't have freedom to, to um, engage in outreach with creativity. We've had several opportunities that we've wanted to articulate to be able to meet with our community in this space. And because of the limits of working with another organization in this space, we weren't able to do that. So the first step is to work towards a location where we can meet on a Sunday morning, where we can have a marquee presence, and where we can leverage our facility for community outreach. Our, our community's growing. People are moving here. Our, but our current situation is not an effective way to meet people here. And as we look at that property, we think that's going to be an opportunity for our church to move forward and to grow into that. And it would involve minimal remodeling dollars because that facility had already been used for a church probably about six, seven years ago. But we also know this, that as we look at that property, that it wouldn't be our forever home. It's kind of like this, like a growing family that says, hey, we need to move out of our apartment for the first time because we just can't fit in there anymore. And we're not ready for like our maybe long-term home, but we're ready for our starter home. Right? So it's not going to be a forever solution, but it's going to be a short-term one. And we're working with some outside help to, to develop some strategic long-term plans. Let's say we could get in that space to develop a long-term plan to say, hey, this is what we're going to do first, and this is what we're going to do second, and this is what we're going to do third. And we're blessed by a great realtor that's helping us uh, find that space, and we're, we're blessed for all of that stuff. Man, it's, it's an exciting time for, for us to be involved and for you to be involved in what God is doing here. We say it all the time. We want to help people know it, live it, and give it away. This pastor's heart is that we will always be committed to being in a situation where we can leverage everything that God's given us to reach our community because people are God's dole whip. It's what, they, what he cares about and what he thinks about. We also have some other ways as we leave this, this, week, this, this weekend, which is not yet, but you'll see these balloons off to my left, to your right. There are three colors there, but there's also some cards attached to those. And these are creative ways for each family to take one. Is that correct, Sarah? Each family takes one. And there's, there's ways that you can engage in giving away the gospel in, in maybe your small community, wherever you may be at. So we would encourage every family to take one on the way out. Uh, don't let them go. That would be bad. Um, but take that and take action upon that and maybe return to that every once in a while. I want to invite the elders to come up. I've asked them. That's Chris Palmer, Tolls Bowden and John Wilson to come up, and I asked them just to pray, um, pray for these things, to pray for our church body, to pray for that next step, to pray for unity within our body, and to pray for um, community outreach. Chris, will you start us out, and we'll just head down the ro row here, and John can finish it. Again, for all you have done, you have been so faithful, and you call us to be faithful as well. 
in the little things, in the big things, throughout scripture we see faith is what heals. Faith is what transforms lives. And you said, by your faith you are healed. By Moses' faith, he raised the staff and you parted the waters. You do the miracles if we just do the small faithful things. And the small faithful things are the most powerful. Getting down on your knees and just realizing our neediness. We, we need you, Father, and we trust in you. And, and over the, these years, over these four years, we've seen so many answered prayers and miracles and families um, brought into our family. Um, you love your church, Father. We love your church. It is your church, and you're building it in your way. And we just pray for that next step, Father, that next uh, facility, that next space, that it would be, uh, it would be a, a home for us to grow in. Just as this has been such a blessing, we're so thankful for this. You provided this just when we need it. You always provide for our needs, not necessarily exactly what we want or what we think we need, um, but exactly what we need, Father. And I thank you for everybody that you've brought into our midst. And um, we just pray that we would be faithful um, to be encouraging and loving and show Jesus to those that you have brought to us, that we would be faithful to the ones that are around us. Um, we know that you care about the lost and the broken and the hurting. And that's everyone in this room. We're all lost in some ways. We're all broken in some ways. None of us is perfect, and those that are perfect, they shouldn't come to church because they're already there. Um, none of us is perfect, Father, and we love you, and we are trusting in you uh, to provide for all of our needs, and um, we don't know exactly what that's going to be, but we're excited to see what you're going to do in 2022. Lord, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. We can rest in your hands. We know that you have this. We're not um, bringing some shocking new revelation to you tonight. Um, you're well aware. Um, you're a father that knows how to give good gifts. Um, Lord, we just pour out this need before you. Um, we want to reach Brunswick in the greater area here um, with the gospel. We want your kingdom to come. So, Lord, we just pray that in unison with you because we know you want the same thing. So, Lord, just um, hear this prayer. Um, we beseech you. And we pour this out before you. And we thank you, Lord, in advance because we know you will always be faithful to us. So we just thank you, Lord, and we lift this up in your son's name. Amen. Lord, I echo those prayers. Lord, thank you just for your many blessings over the last few years, which have been tr filled with trials. Um, Lord, I just appreciated so many of the scriptures that were brought today. Um, just the promise that you will complete the work 
Lord, that you would help us to go into this year and walk through this year with that promise in our hearts, knowing um, that our that our, our eternal home is secure. Lord, that as we are walking through this community toward that eternal home, Lord, they would see a difference and we would be able to say, come walk with us, there's something better. And Lord, we would be able to just tell them about you and what you did. Um, Lord, rejoicing, again, eyes still fixed on you, fixed on heaven, and rejoicing in their midst. Um, Lord, thank you for this body. And Lord, I pray that you would use us. Lord, you love to use small things. And so I am so excited to look around and see this um, group of people with us. And that you would exalt yourself through us. Amen.